There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter I'm Louis Shackshaft, football writer, blogger and podcast host for you today. Hi, I'm James Vickers. You can reach me on my Twitch, Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, where I write mainly about Preston North End and cover all things championship and also some German football. It's great to have you with us today, James. Obviously, you've uh, you've not been on for a few weeks. Uh, Jake's been your replacement, let's say, uh, but unfortunately, he's not on this evening. Uh, but it's great to have you with us. How does it feel to be back? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. Um, had a bit of a break, and obviously you and Jake have done fantastically well in the uh, the few weeks I've been off. So, looking forward to sitting back and relaxing, and let you sort of take the lead for sort of for the first time, sort of with me on as well tonight. So yeah, it should be fun. Well, I'll try my best, mate. Uh, but first and foremost, let's go back to the uh, weekend games. In fact, going back to Friday night was the Steel City derby between Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday, which ended nil-nil. Uh, first clean sheet of the uh, season there for Wednesday, um, ultimately because of a penalty save from Cameron Dawson. But into Saturday's fixtures, a great point for Hull City away at Birmingham. Three all there. Another draw, Birmingham and Rotherham. 1-1. Uh, Swansea getting all three points away to Bolton. Bolton on a bit of a slump at the minute, uh, but Swansea 1-0 victors there. Again, an away win. Uh, great victory for you there, James. 1-0 at Bristol City. I didn't see that one coming, actually, but um, I'm sure you're very happy about that one on your travels there. Uh, huge win for Aston Villa. 3-0 away to Derby. Uh, Middlesbrough, home form for me, will keep them right up there. 2-0 winners against Wigan. Probably the game of the day, but we'll discuss this later in the topics. Uh, Norwich winning 4-3 to three against Millwall. Uh, Nil-nil between Nottingham Forest and Stoke. Pretty predictable, maybe, that one. Um, QPR winning 3-2 at home to Brentford. Keeps, on, keeps them on a fantastic run. Uh, Reading and Ipswich drawing 2-2. And then the 5.30 kickoff on Saturday... May become as a bit of a surprise, uh, but West Brom 4-1 winners against Leeds there. So let's discuss big wins and surprises, James. What's the the main fixture that stood out for you there? To be honest, there were a few really, and so I'll, I'll touch on a couple. Obviously, the one that sort of sticks out for me, as you mentioned, uh, I went down to Bristol City at the weekend. Didn't yeah. really expect us to get anything from the game. We were unbeaten in six going into it, but the majority of them were draws, to be honest. And I say unbeaten in six, I should be happy with that. But they were against teams around us who, based on last season's form, you know, we really should be beating. But, you know, that's uh, just sort of goes to show how tough the league is. So going down there wasn't full of much hope. But, you know, even when we've been playing badly in recent years, we seem to get mm. something down at Bristol. And, you know, that was no different. Great goal by Callum Robinson. 
good sort of team build up after winning the ball back and you know it's sort of getting to a point now where we can start to look up rather than sort of over our shoulders so fingers crossed that can be sort of the the platform to build on uh sort of from our point of view the the second one obviously the aston villa derby result didn't see that coming um i thought it'd be a close game i think villa have struggled a lot this season but they seem to have sort of steadied the ship a little bit now Obviously, they're still not where they want to be. Um, and, you know, with the amount of money they've spent and the players and squad that they've got, you'd expect them to be higher up. But to go to Derby County, you, you know, been fantastic over the course of this season. Got some really exciting attacking players to to keep a clean sheet, first and foremost. And then, you know, to score those three goals in the last sort of 15 minutes, I think it was, was, you yeah. know, very impressive. Um, but the main one, really, and it was the late game that you sort of touched on there, um, didn't really see it coming. West Brom beating Leeds 4-1. If someone had said to me before the game that West Brom had win, you know, I would have said, yeah, fair enough. West Brom leads two very good teams in the division this year. But I think what surprised me most is the sort of the manner in the scoreline. And the thing that sort of not worried me about Leeds, because obviously focusing on Preston mainly, the thing that's been the real sort of test for Leeds over the last few years. They get to this sort of point of the year up and around the top of the table and seem to have that sort of wobble around Christmas and then, you know, it can go one or two ways for them. And the last few seasons, yeah, it's, it's, you know, almost been a carbon copy. They sort of drop off to sort of just outside the playoffs, chop and change the manager and then, you know, sort of languishing mid-table for the rest of the season. So obviously from their point of view, hopefully it's just a hiccup. And I think for them, the international break comes at the right time. They can regroup. You know, they're only still three points off the top of the league down in third place. So, you know, by all means, it's not a disaster. But if I was a Leeds fan, I'd be sort of a little bit worried about the manner of the defeat, especially against a promotion rival. Yeah, I get that. Um, you've obviously mentioned that game there and it did come as a surprise. Like you say, it wasn't a surprise as such that West Brom won, but it was, it was the manner that they did win. And, you know, all the goals did come in the second half. So maybe that's, you know, a bit untoward towards Leeds. Um, same as the Villa game, actually, all the goals in the second half in that game. And they're the biggest wins and, and surprises of the of the weekend for me. Obviously, the game of the round was probably the... Uh, Norwich versus Millwall fixture, which uh, we are going to touch upon. Um, but yes, credit to those two teams. Obviously, Dean Smith at Villa now, that's a huge, huge win. I really didn't expect that. Uh, but if we go back to the previous pod when myself and Jake made the predictions, uh, we actually got one of those correct. We said that Reading and Ipswich uh, would be a draw, which finished 2-2, so we got that one right. And then the other one which we predicted was the West Brom versus Leeds game. Unfortunately, we got that wrong. I said West Brom may have edged it, but expected. Um, I expected that to be a draw also. I think I predicted 2-2. So, yeah, West Brom... Ran out four one winners there. Um, let's let's move on to the the player watch basically, James. Is is there any standout player from this week, and and why have you chosen that player in particular? Yeah, there were a couple of players that I could have gone for. To be honest, I think the sort of the easiest one to point out, and who definitely would be my standout player of the week, is Timu Puki from Norwich. Another two goals, obviously the, the 97th minute winner as it turned out against Millwall in the game that we'll, we'll obviously touch on in a minute. And I've been really surprised by how quick he's sort of adapted to championship football. Obviously, he was a bit hit and miss during his time at Celtic. And, you know, he, he came down with 
sort of a bit of a reputation of you know not being able to produce it on a consistent basis but every time I seem to check the Norwich scores recently you know he's the the one scoring for them and he I is. think it's no surprise that you know you've got the likes of him and and Moritz Leitner playing really well and it's you know catapulted them to the top of the table and obviously I'll get into it a bit more later on um at the start of the season I tipped them as one of the dark horses to go up and you know uh, are you sure you did yeah I'm, I'm almost certain um and you know they've they've been fantastic recently I think they are top in the form guide at the moment you know five wins in the last six is absolutely fantastic and you know it just shows that all you need to do is put sort of a run together of you know five or six games in this division and it can take you down from sort of mid-table up to the top of the league so Definitely Timu Puki. Um, another mention I'd give to Jordan Hugill at Middlesbrough. Obviously scored the two goals against Wigan. His first two goals for Middlesbrough as well. And, you know, it's, it's taken a bit of time for him to get going after his, his sort of really awful spell at West Ham, you know, in the second half of last season. Mm-hmm. But obviously any Preston fans listening will know on his day what a handful he is in this division. And, you know, hopefully that is the start of him kicking on now for Middlesbrough. And I think if they are to to challenge at the top of the league this year. They need all their strikers scoring and, you know, Hugill getting his first two goals for them is, you know, a real bonus for them. Yeah, definitely. I think Hugill is very well suited to uh, that style of play up there at Middlesbrough. I think he will do very well. And like you say, this might be the start of something good for him um, up in the northeast. East. Um, you've certainly taken a couple of players off my list there, but one I'm surprised you've not mentioned, actually, is Shea Adams, obviously, scoring a hat-trick. Um, he's got eight goals this season now. Um, you know, you could say that a couple of his goals that he did score for Birmingham were poachers' goals, but you've got to be in the right place to score them. And, you know, Birmingham have been on a fine run. I actually expected them to beat Hull City. Um, and if you'd have said that Shea Adams were going to score a hat-trick in that game, you probably would have expected them to win. But credit to Hull. But Shea Adams is obviously a player that stood out for me. Um, another one, John McGinn, obviously at Aston Villa. He had a fantastic game. He grabbed an assist as well as his goal. Um, it was a great goal also. And then I can't not mention, obviously, I've kind of touched on it already, but Cameron Dawson... Um, the penalty save in the Steel City derby on Friday night. Obviously, he made a, key, a couple of standard saves, um, a couple of decent saves, but all in all, he had a, he had a decent game. But, like I say, the, the penalty save for me um, is pretty much what guaranteed Wednesday the point there and, and the first clean sheet of the season. Um, so, all credit to those players. They had a fantastic weekend. Um, but moving topics, James, uh, with the international break upon us now, Let's step into like a mini review. And we've, we've, we've touched upon there the Norwich versus Millwall game, the, the 4-3 victory for Norwich. And obviously, Puki had a great game, scoring a brace, etc. Um, is that the game of the season in the championship so far? What's your thoughts or is there any other games that stand out for you? I think definitely from entertainment sort of perspective, I think that is one of the games definitely of, of the season so far. You know, the... The two goals in, I think it was the 92nd and 97th minute that I mentioned earlier, you know, yeah. turned the game on its head for for Sheffield, uh, not Sheffield Wednesday, I'm looking at my notes here, for, uh, for <laughs> Norwich. And, you know, Millwall last season were a, a very hard team to break down. And, you know, to go to Norwich and score three goals, they must feel, you know, desperately hard done by that they didn't come away with the three points. Um, so, yeah, definitely that one is is up there for me. One game which... Maybe a bit of a surprise, but just purely from watching it on TV at the time uh-huh. and sort of 
how sort of good the quality of goals were. And, you know, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this to see if, if it's one of your favourites so far this season. It's the, the Sheffield Wednesday Leeds match from sort of the end of September. So probably about sort of a month and a half ago now. Um, yeah, you have surprised me there. Yeah, I really didn't expect you to say that one. Yeah, just sort of, I don't know what it was watching it on TV, just thoroughly enjoyed it. Um mm-hmm. You know, bit of a derby match, and you know the the Adam Reach goal, which we'll get on to sort of later. I think that is one of my goals of the season so far. But the yeah. you know the strike from Klitsch as well for for Leeds equally as good, and I think more so for the atmosphere and and everything that surrounded that game for me is one of the reasons why that stands out. Um, but yeah, they they've been the two sort of go to games for me so far this season. Obviously, there's been a few sort of nervy and exciting Preston games, but nothing really sort of on a par for me personally with those two. Okay, uh, like I say, that has surprised me. It was a decent game, and if I'm completely honest, Leeds probably should have won that. And, you know, we'll we'll talk about that a bit more because we're going to come on to the goal of the season so far and touch on Adam Reach. Uh, but one game that you've not mentioned, and I really thought you would, was the Preston uh, 4-3 victory against Brentford. Uh, James, have you forgot about that one? <laughs> I, uh, I, try, I tried to blank it from my memory just because of how nervous it made me towards the end of the game. Um, the only reason I didn't go for that, I did consider yeah. it, is <laughs> it sounds daft for me to say because we beat Brentford 4-3, but I think it was more a case of Brentford just being awful in the first half. We got a few lucky goals and then sort of Brentford managed to come back in the second half. So from, I'd imagine from a neutral point of view, really exciting game, but me mm-hmm. sat there watching it, you know, my nerves and and that were absolutely shot at the end. I don't think I had any fingernails left and, you know, that sort of sums up our season so far, just uh, sort of running it right down to the wire and making us sort of sweat for every single point we've had. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, another game I were going to mention as well, James, is, and it seems ages ago now as well, but West Brom 7-1 victory against QPR, if you remember that one. Um, and that's and that's when QPR were obviously near the relegation zone and, and things looked terrible at the time for them under McLaren. They had a, a really bad run of form. And obviously since then, they've, they've really picked up. And, you know, you've, you've got to pay them their dues to, to lose any game 7-1. And then, you know, they find themselves now... 10th in the league is um, is fair play to them you know and like I say it seems that long ago since they they were defeated 7-1 and, and make note as well that that game was 1-1 at half time because the next game that I'm going to touch on which I for me is one of the games of the season is Norwich's 4-3 loss to West Brom 
at home at Carrow Road, which was also 1-1 at half-time, was another fantastic game that, you know, you could mention as one of the games of the season. Um, but yes, ultimately for me, it is the game of the weekend that we've touched upon is um, Norwich's 4-3 win against Millwall. That is the game of the season for me. And that's because it practically had everything. The only thing it didn't have was a sending off, you could say. Like we've touched upon, there was a, a penalty miss, a 97th minute winner, a 92nd minute equaliser. And not only that, it went 1-0 to 2-1 to the away team, to 3-2, then to 4-3. And, it, you know, it, it just flipped reversed on its head each time. So ultimately for me, that is the game of the season so far. But yes, let's talk about goal of the season, James. Um, who's your contenders? So I, I was sort of having a flick through and really it's uh, it's like an Adam Reach highlight reel. Um, the two that I've gone for with him, um, and I've got a third one as well, purely from mm-hmm. a, a bit of a selfish point of view, but I, I still think it was you know a fairly decent goal. So I've got the... Obviously, the Adam Reach one against Leeds, you know, the occasion of it. And I don't think there's many players in the league, really, that, are, you know, attempt a shot from that far out. And I think what made me laugh about that one is I saw a video from the, the Leeds end of as soon as he hit the ball, all the Leeds fans sort of cheering as if it is, you yeah. know, going into Rosehead and then it dips right at the last minute and goes straight in the back of the net. Um, the other one for me with with Adam Reach again um, that sticks out for me is the the goal against West Brom. Uh, the technique of it to sort of shift it onto his left foot and then hit it into the top corner, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, obviously an absolutely cracking goal, like you mentioned. You know the the technique and everything about it, and the dip, and obviously. Coming in off the post against Leeds was was a fantastic goal. But yes, so Adam Reach has scored some, some sublime goals this season so far. Uh, but one in particular, what sticks out for me is is a goal against Sheffield Wednesday, and that's John McGinn's. Um, for me, that is the goal of the season so far with Adam Reach's uh, volley, let's say, against Leeds just behind that. You know, the, the, the goal that McGinn scored, um, albeit that Aston Villa lost that game, um, reminded me a little bit of the Neves goal that he scored for Wolves last season. Um, obviously, the ball fell to him very nicely. And then on the volley, it's just the timing of it, the speed of the ball, the curve of the ball, in off the bar or the underside of the bar, and then flips, obviously, onto the ground and then back into the top of the goal. It was just, for me, that is going to be a goal that probably won't be beaten this season. And, you know, Adam Reach has come close on a couple of, ca- of occasions, like you've mentioned, against Leeds United and West Brom there. But that's already, the, like I say, the goal of the season for me. And we're only, you know, just past a quarter away into the season or a third into the season. So I don't think you can look past that one. Do you agree, agree with that, James? Yeah, completely agree with you with that. Um, you know, watching that live at the time, and I think that is probably one of the reasons why that game sort of sticks out for me as one of the yeah. sort of the games of the season that I enjoyed the most. You know, that's, I don't know what more I can say about that goal. Sort of watching it live at the time, you knew you'd seen mm-hmm. sort of one of the goals of the season. Um, the only other one that I'd give sort of a mention to is, uh, and purely from a, a selfish point of view, is the goal that Alan Brown scored for Preston against Bolton earlier in the season. Uh, yeah. It came into him on the edge of the box and so not sort of as far 
out as reaches, but he, uh, he flicked it up with his right foot and with his back to goal, hit it over his shoulder into the top corner um, in a bit of a local derby game as well. So if anyone listening hasn't seen that goal yet, I definitely re- recommend checking that one out. Um, I think it's up at the moment for uh, sort of goal of the sort of the year award in the the Northwest Football Award. So, you know, whether it sort of wins that, I think there's the likes of Matic at Palace last season. uh, So there's some real good goals sort of up in contention. But, you know, I think that one from a Preston point of view is one of the best ones I've seen him score, you know, definitely over the last sort of six to 12 months or so. Yeah, great. Fair enough. Um, Let's move on to our next topic then, James. Um, Obviously, we've, we've got the international break at the minute and, you know, fixtures seem so long away at present um with the england games upon us um but after the international break when we return to obviously full fixture list again who we are who are you tipping to be the dark horse for the remainder of the season it could be you know a a team that you think will overachieve or maybe sneak into the playoffs or even just go on a on a great run but like i say overachieve like millwall did last season um what's your thoughts on that yeah, so there was there was one or two. I think first of all, you got to look at the sort of the form recently, and you know your likes yeah. of Birmingham and QPR. I didn't expect them at all to turn their form round like they have done. Um, mm-hmm. You know, absolutely fantastic. And I think especially Birmingham, you know, to get one player who's going to get you sort of twenty goals a season is you know vital in this division uh, and very hard to come across. But you know. You touched on Che Adams earlier, and they've got Yukovitz uh, as well scoring as you know for fun as well. I think they've both got about ten goals now, um, sort of one or two either side. I think um, both banging goals in for fun. You know, two of the form players in the division, and I think if if they can keep up, you know, that sort of goal scoring record over the second sort of part of the season, you know, especially up till Christmas, you know, they'll they'll find yep. themselves quickly move up the up the table sort of from covering them earlier in the season you know Birmingham was solid at the back but they just couldn't seem to break teams down I seem to recall a game earlier in the season and I think it was Swansea they were playing where they had so much of the ball and just just like that cutting edge in the final third and it seems mm-hmm. that they've really clicked now and you know Gary Monk's a great manager um you know, if they can take that form into the the remainder of the season, I think you know they won't be far off. Um, but the one for me, really, and obviously I'll probably sound like a broken record, and it's purely for the fact that I tipped them earlier in the season. I think Norwich, um, especially up till Christmas, you know, should have quite a good season, sort of up, especially up until then. Look, do, do, do you think that they're going to stay at the top? Do you? Yeah, so I was sort of having a look, obviously, top of the form guide at the moment. And then Mm. I went on to see who they've got fixture-wise, you know, up until Christmas. And some of their fixtures, I think the hardest team that they've really got to play is Swansea away. Um, They've got Rotherham and Bolton at home, who are both struggling. They've got Hull away, again, struggling. Uh, Bristol City away, who we went down there and beat. And I don't think they've won in four now. So, you know, if they're still on the slump. Um, you know they could uh, sort of be an easy-ish game for for Norwich the sort of the way they're playing at the moment Um, the two fixtures are really for them which you know they'll be hoping to get maximum points they've got Rotherham and then Bolton in consecutive home games um, after the the whole game so if they can sort of string you know three or four wins out of those five six games up till Christmas I think they'll definitely be be there or thereabouts um, in terms of sort of out and out dark horses, and it'd be wrong to call them a dark horse now. I think Sheffield United will probably sustain the way they've been playing and yeah. and be up there, you know, come 
sort of March, getting into that business end of the season. Um, so, yeah, they've been the teams for me. Are there any sort of different ones that you'd highlight? Uh, there's a couple, yeah. I mean, I understand why you've said Norwich could potentially stay up there. They, they, they seem to be finding the feet now. And obviously under Daniel Farkter, you know, like you say, top of the form guide. And it's going diffi- to be difficult to knock them off, you know, even, even first or second spot. Um, but one that stands out for me, even though they probably should be a top six, top six side anyway, is Aston Villa. Obviously, they've got rid of Bruce. Uh, brought in Dean Smith, I believe that they're going to improve as the season goes on. You know, the longer he's at the reins and, you know, he's got an established team there with some fantastic players like your Balassies and Hurrihan, Abraham, McGinn. You know, fundamentally, he's got a lot of talented players already there and it's just a case in the case of getting the best out of them. And I think, like I say, the longer the, that time goes on, he, he will do that. So, even though they find themselves only four points off the playoffs at the minute, it still wouldn't surprise me come the end of the season if they're pushing for second, third or fourth. Uh, so Aston Villa certainly a team uh, to look out for for me. The other one that could potentially uh, push into the playoffs for the remainder of the season might come as a surprise, but it's Blackburn. Um, they've only lost three games this season. I think Mowbray's doing a fantastic job. Obviously, if they can keep all the players like Bradley Dack in January, that'll give them, you know, a huge push and, you know, the motivation to probably push for top six. Uh, the downside they may have is that they're drawing a lot of the games. Um, they have drawn eight this season, um, but they're there or thereabouts, you know, only two points off the playoffs at the minute. There's no reason why, um, you know, like I say, they, they can't continue to push. They, they keep p- picking points up home and away. Um, and then the only other team... Not potentially a dark horse, but Stoke are unbeaten in four games now. We all tipped, or I tipped them actually, to finish top two. And so far, how wrong am I? But as time goes on, I can see them slowly but surely improving in the remaining two-thirds of the season. I'm not saying that they might finish sixth, but I do believe that they're going to get stronger and stronger as the season progresses. Uh, So they'd be the ones for me. But I certainly agree with it the teams you've mentioned there. Uh, and I'm surprised you've not mentioned Preston, actually. I know we've talked about them a lot this this show, uh, but I know they're unbeaten and at least, is it six games now? Um, uh, seven now after the, the Bristol win, yeah. Right, so. so seven games, yeah. So I can, you know, if they push towards halfway by Christmas, then who knows? Because it's still early days and I know we always talk about it, but, you know, the league is that tight. You know, from sixth down to 21st is only... Um, 12 points so you know you have a good month like we always say and and, and you're right up there uh, but that takes us nicely actually James on two even though it seems so far away but we'll do it anyway uh, preview and predictions so what we've done is taken three key fixtures um, and it's going to be Saturday the 24th and Sunday the 25th the next uh, round of games uh, but let's discuss Millwall versus Bolton, uh, Saturday 24th at 3pm. Uh, what's your preview and prediction regarding that game, James? Yeah, I think definitely going into the game, if I was to put a bet on, um, I'd be looking to tip Millwall. Obviously, they had that heartbreaking defeat you know, at Norwich, uh, the weekend just gone. 
And I think, you know, they've they've not been getting it too far wrong this season. Obviously, it was going to be sort of really yeah. hard for them to sustain the levels that they played at last season. And I don't think, you know, many people expected them to. Um, I think the position that they're in at the moment, I do expect them to get sort of better from there. Um, I can't see them being sort of down there for too long, um, especially given the fact that they are so hard to beat at home. Um, mm-hmm. I think they should be all right. So, sort of going into that game, I think, you know, if I was to tip one of them, it'd be Millwall. The thing that's worrying me with Bolton is, you know, they had that such good start. I don't think many people expected them to start as well as they did. But even though it's still early in the, in the season, they seem to be running out of steam a little bit. Um, obviously, second bottom now at the moment. Um, the goal difference is, you know, getting sort of worse and worse sort of each week. Um I know they they suffered that defeat at, against Swansea at home, and it was only one nil. But you know you'd expect them sort of to be you know trying to get as many sort of home points on the board as possible. So I think, yeah, I think Millwall should shade it. Um, but you know as we've seen so far this season, Millwall have been quite inconsistent. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bolton could could nick something from the game. Uh, what about you? Well, I'm going to ask you what your score prediction would be there. Uh, if I was to go for a score prediction, um, I'd say 1-0 Millwall. OK, I completely agree. I'd go 2-1 to Millwall. I think what you've said is exactly right. Uh, both teams are struggling. I know Bolton have lost four in a row now. Millwall have lost two in a row. Although at home, and a player like Lee Gregory, who's having a decent season despite them being 21st in the league, I think that Millwall can just shade that. And like I say, I'll predict a 2-1 in that fixture. Uh, The other key fixture is uh, at the top of the league, Swansea versus Norwich. Uh, Obviously, Swansea in eighth, pushing for a playoff spot. Norwich, as we know, at the top of the table, two points clear to Middlesbrough. What's your preview and prediction for that game, James? Going into it, um, you know, to sit on the fence, I reckon it'll be quite an even game. Um, if I was to put a bet on this one, I'd go for a draw. Um, if it was at Norwich, you know, I'd probably be more swayed to say that Norwich would win. Um, you know, obviously we touched on Norwich being at the top of the form guide. I think Swansea in their last six, um, you know, have been sort of a bit hit and miss, you know, won a few, mm-hmm. lost a few. Um, so not really sort of too consistent, but, you know, they're still picking up points here and there and, it's it's a difficult one to call. I think Norwich are still sort of finding their feet in the division. Um, they've sort of started to pick up more sort of points recently, and you know I, I'll expect them to climb the table, especially with sort of a few more reinforcements in January. Um, but if I was, if I, I know I said that I'd probably go for a draw, but if I was to put a bet on, I'd probably say Norwich would uh, keep up this good run that they've been on. Uh, and probably, you know, nick it by the odd goal. Um, so if I was to put a bet on, probably 2-1. I think Norwich, as good as they've been going forward, you know, I've looked a little susceptible at the back uh, to be top of the league and only have sort of, I think it's a plus eight goal difference. Um, so it shows they're not sort of running away with games. They're just sort yeah. of nicking points here and there. Um, so, yeah, I'd say 2-1 Norwich in this game. Yeah, I can see exactly why you've said that. I know, obviously, Swansea have got a plus six goal difference, uh, Norwich plus eight. If I was predicting this result, I would go 1-1. However, um, Swansea at home are half decent. Um, The only reason that Swansea find themselves eighth as to Norwich's first is that they've drawn a couple more games uh, Norwich have only drawn three this season, whereas Swansea have drawn five. There's there's not much in them. So, yes, I would predict 1-1. Uh, 
but then the final key fixture that we've uh, picked out and we, we can't look past this one huge fixture on uh, Sunday the 25th 12 o'clock kickoff James is Aston Villa versus Birmingham what's your preview and prediction for this one I'm going to stick my neck out on the line with this one a little bit and I think judging by how well Birmingham have played over the last few weeks and you know looking at the table Villa in 11th Birmingham in 12th uh, I think it's one goal in it either way goal difference I think Villa on plus four Birmingham plus three level on points you know if you'd have said to sort of anyone really at this stage of the season that they'd be you know sort of more or less equal in the league um, I don't think many people would have believed you and you know normally Derby at Villa I'd say Villa would have it sort of all day long but I think the the run that Birmingham have been on recently and the rate in which their strikers are scoring you know it's quite hard to sort of back against them obviously you know the, the same goes all form goes out the window with a derby but I think Birmingham if they play like they have done in recent weeks you know should give Villa a, a sort of a very stern test um Villa on the other hand obviously great win out last time at Derby and you know if they can carry that momentum into the game you know we'll, we'll post Birmingham City a lot of threats um, looking at you know Birmingham so far this season hell of a lot of draws uh, I think it's nine from their 17 games so drawn you know, more right, than yeah. half of their games so if I was to put a bet on this one I'd probably go with a draw um, but obviously Derby matches are so hard to call Um Obviously, that, that Sheffield derby last weekend, if, if I'd have said, you know, a winner in that, I probably would have said Sheffield United. But that just shows, you know, anything can happen in a derby and it was a great point for you. So, if, yeah, if I was to put a bet on, I'd probably sit on the fence and go with a draw in this one. But uh, definitely sort of goals in the game. So maybe a, a one all or a two all. That's definitely sitting on the fence, James. Um, I'm going to predict a 2-0 to Aston Villa in this game. I think that... Slowly but surely, like I've already mentioned, Villa are going to improve. I think this could be a starting block for them, a huge game. Um, obviously, Villa do have that ad- added quality um, all over the park. Birmingham are doing, obviously, very, very well. Like like we talk about, Lukas Jukovic has probably been one or the player of the season so far. Um, but on home turf, you know, huge game, like I mentioned, derby game. I think that, Villa are definitely going to edge this one. And yeah, like I say, I'd predict 2-0. I'd even go as far as saying that Villa will score a goal in in both halves. Um, So that's my prediction for that game. Um, But only time will tell. Uh, But unfortunately, uh, with that, we're out of time, James. If you would like to tell our listeners where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yep, and as I said at the start of the show, you can find me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. I mainly tweet about Preston North End and quite a bit of German football as well, Borussia Dortmund and Fortuna Dusseldorf, to, to name a couple. So definitely check me out on there if you're interested in any of them. And I'm also in the process of setting up a website for the podcast as well. So when that's live, there'll be plenty of links, uh, bits and pieces on each week. Uh, links, as I said, to you know other people who come on the podcast and all their fan website so definitely give that a check out uh, and all previous shows hopefully if we can get it sorted it'll be archived on there as well and i've been your host at louis shackshaft on twitter remember to follow the show at championship pod where we post each show to our pin tweets uh, please subscribe like and retweet the podcast uh, we want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.